Hi, I'm Melanie Patterson from Christchurch in New Zealand. Doug Prinsker from Pretoria. Anandredi from India. Sue Crawford from Peter Maritzburg. Patrick Miner from Nairobi, Kenya. Kazal Roberts from Sanderson and Mpumbalanga. I'm Brigitte Seiperstein from Frucht, the Netherlands. Andre from Brisbane. I'm Ben Weiner from Botswana. Jim Panton from Edinburgh in Scotland. Christine from Cape Town in South Africa. And you're listening to Ride with Coach Perry. Welcome on to the next edition of Ride with Coach Perry. My name is Brad Brown. We've got our cycling coach, Devlin Eden, with us once again. Dev, welcome back. Hey, Brad. Good to be back. Dev, a great question in from our forums on the Coach Perry online community. Uh, and it's about FTP testing. And uh, we're going to dig quite deep into it today. But before we, before we do, uh, it's a term that often gets thrown around. Uh, for those who don't know, what, what is an FTP test? And uh, I mean, what is FTP and, and what does it tell you? So FTP refers to a functional threshold power. So that's what the FTP stands for. It's, it is a term, like you say, that's loosely used. And I mean, it's become one of those buzzwords at the moment. You'll sit at a coffee shop with a bunch of riders and everyone starts comparing their FTPs. Um, the thing to, to keep in mind with FTP and when we start testing FTP is it's a good way for us to quantifiably measure performance but it's only an aspect of your performance. So that's that's key for people to understand first and foremost. It's not it's not the be all and end all. The the thing with functional threshold power. So the idea of a threshold is it was designed around a sustained effort. So it's the highest effort you can sustain for a long period of time. And this test was designed around an hour. So it's how long can you as an individual sustain the high intensity for an hour's duration obviously before we hit the wall or bonk and that sort of thing. So the test has then developed and it's been made use of thousands and thousands of power profiles and heart rate files that now have actually been incorporated into it as well and was developed. It's almost impractical to get someone to sit on an indoor trainer or on their bike for an hour and test at that sort of intensity. So it had been calculated and well-researched to then reduce it down to a 20-minute test. So there are various ways of doing FTPs as well. All of them are going to come out at very similar answers, so very similar threshold. And I think the key thing to understand is what phase of your training program are you in? And what I mean by that is if if you're working on base training work and it's low intensity, it's good to do an FTP or some form of performance measure at the beginning of your training program. So you've got a baseline to work according to, and that's how we prescribed training uh, training zones based on percentages of FTP. But if you're doing a base training phase, you need to understand that your threshold, you're not working at or above threshold at any point in base training. So you're not really going to be improving on an FTP test. So the only way to improve that is to be working at or above threshold and the more high intensity training. So I think it is important people will do an FTP, they'll go out and they'll do six to eight weeks worth of low intensity base training because that's a phase, do another FTP and then panic because their results haven't gotten any better. So it is key to understand that it's it's very focused around what training phase you're in and then from that as well to know that it isn't the be-all and end-all. There's a lot of other contributing factors that come into FTP as well. Dev, what's your favorite way of, of testing? I mean, you mentioned that there's various... Uh, I mean, is there a specific way that you like to conduct those tests? Yeah, so personally from my side, I like to do a 10-minute self-paced warm-up. 
So get my clients doing a self-paced warm-up for 10 minutes. From there, move into three one-minute intervals, maybe four one-minute intervals. And those intervals are just a higher cadence. So don't worry too much about what the power output is in those intervals. Just higher cadence, really get the body warming up properly, get used to a little bit of high intensity with a minute's active rest in between each of those intervals, followed by a five-minute really light spin. That's your warm-up itself. Then the test, that, the protocol that I follow would be a 20-minute time trial, basically. So if you've got access to a power meter on your bike, the best way would be to do it on your bike on either an indoor trainer or a steady gradient climb your uh, road. You obviously don't want to be doing it off-road. You also don't want to be doing it on a downhill. Uh, but indoor trainers with a power meter, if you don't have access to a power meter, then using a watt bike, for instance, is a great way of doing this. 20 minutes is quite a long period of time, though, to sit at such high intensity. So I usually recommend a pacing strategy. So work, pace yourself over the 20 minutes. But keeping in mind that we're looking at a highest average power over the 20 minutes. So obviously, if you go out too easy, it's going to affect your power, your average over the period. And in saying that, if you go out too hard, you're going to bomb towards the end. So all of those are going to affect the test. So there are ways, and the more you do it, the more you'll understand your body and how you respond to doing it. Um, but I think the key thing is to make sure that you can sustain an effort. And I would personally rather the athlete be able to say, well, I had a little bit left in the tank by the time they finished the test. They've, there's obviously lots of different types of cycling. There's road, there's mountain bike. Uh, I mean, if you take triathlon, there's time trialing. Is does it differ? Do these tests and 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 do the numbers differ depending on the the discipline of cycling you you are involved in? So numbers in terms of the kind of intensities might differ. If you take a hundred k road ride and you work normalized power and average power versus an eighty k mountain bike marathon, for instance, depending on the terrain and that. So the the absolute and the raw values will change slightly. But when doing a test like this and for training purposes, it doesn't matter what discipline you do. You'd still do an FTP on a what bike or on your particular bike that you're comfortable on. You'll do it. Ultimately, you're still putting the same amount of torque and the same amount of power into the pedal stroke. So irrelevant of what modality and what bike it's on. Um, we'll still then, based on the power that you can put out, we'll then base our training zones based on that, which you would then train according to on your bike, be it road or mountain bike. So yeah. no, I, I wouldn't see a, too much of a difference in the test itself. You mentioned the zones. I mean, obviously you do these tests to get the data, which you then base decisions on. And, and I always say what, what gets measured improves. And if you're not sure what you're doing, the best way to start figuring out what you're doing is to measure things. So that's the reason for this test. What's some of the cool data that you can get out of here? And, and what can you do with it to improve it and improve your cycling over time? Yeah, so again, uh, I did mention earlier with regards to knowing what training phase you're in and where it's going to be quite important. But the training zones, so there, there's an algorithm, there's ways of calculating what training zones. So there'll be percentages of FTP. And then it's then putting that those values into your interval type training that you'll be doing. So And it'll, it'll take as well, it's a, a way of quantifying the actual workload that you're doing. So... We can correlate heart rate, so that's another reason why we would measure heart rate doing a test like that as well. For those who don't have access to a power meter, so we'd still be able to say sit in zone two based on a correlating heart rate to what the rep what the the equivalent power would be, if that makes any sense. Um, and then from there, your intervals at 
105 or 110 percent of FTP would then be how we would then start to push that threshold and hopefully start build on that for the next time you want to you want to do another test and ultimately the reason we train is to keep a graph improving the whole time and to keep our performances getting better so doing a test like this it is also important to retest so that we know that we don't stagnate so you know that firstly we're on the right track in terms of the kind of training we're doing as well as then saying okay we need to tweak our training zone slightly so that each time we do these intense sessions, we're not getting used to them, we're not adapting to them, we're actually pushing that envelope a little bit more and constantly pushing the progression. I love it, Dev. I think uh, that was jam-packed with, with info and uh, what, what FTP testing is all about and what it can do for your cycling. Uh, if you want to be part of one of the most active uh, communities online, uh, make sure you check out coachpowery.com forward slash cycling. We've got a whole bunch of training programs that will help you achieve your goals right through from beginners all the way through to uh, the advanced stuff, mountain bike and road. Uh, there's a whole bunch of triathlon programs in there too, running programs as well. So go check it out. That's coachpowery.com forward slash cycling to become the best cyclist you can become. Uh, Dev, as always, great to catch up. We look forward to chatting again next time. Thanks, Brad. Chat then.